Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me. And today, I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, this week, I received an update email from a local hospital with just a criminal, if you want to call it that, a criminal message about how your safety is our number one priority. A note from the CEO and president of this hospital. The season is changing, but our efforts to curb the spread of the coronavirus should not. Yakety yak about how fall has arrived, they go on to say, the pandemic is not yet over. Really? Be mindful of the risks that the coronavirus poses and what actions you can take to protect yourself and your family when you venture out. Outdoor activities where everyone can wear a mask and keep their distance from others are the safest options. COVID-19 is here for the foreseeable future. This is a local hospital, a giant hospital, that is sending an email to people telling everyone that COVID-19 is here for the foreseeable future. The number of new COVID-19 cases in the U.S. has slowly been decreasing in recent weeks, but this doesn't mean the pandemic is winding down. Dun, dun, dun. COVID-19 is surging in many states. And it can increase dramatically as kids go back to school. And without a vaccine, it's up to all of us to work together to reduce the spread. Now, you might feel tired of wearing a mask or frustrated that the pandemic isn't over yet. This is certainly understandable, but your efforts are just as important now as ever. I urge you to practice safe physical distancing, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay home, cough and sneeze into a tissue, avoid contact with people if you're sick, disinfect regularly, and finally, don't forget to add the flu vaccine to your family's fall to-do list. The flu vaccine protects you and it protects those around you by helping reduce the amount of the flus that spreads in our communities. These are challenging and uncertain times for everyone, but your choices and actions make a difference. Thank you for staying vigilant. Yakety yak. Such a fear pandering lie. Well, I sent them a nice return email. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. wonder if anyone remembers the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. And all of this lying, pandering of fear is certainly doing harm. I read an interesting article on Joseph Mercola's website recently. He says after six months of intermittent or in some cases near continuous lockdowns, many have reached their limit and uprisings are finally emerging around the world. 
Last week of August saw gatherings of tens of thousands of individuals in Berlin, London, and Dublin protesting stay-at-home orders, business closures, mask and vaccine mandates, and Bill Gates's dictatorial grip on public health matters. In the United States, a protest took place in August of 2020 in Boston against a new student flu vaccination mandate. And in Virginia, protesters gathered in September in opposition of unconstitutional COVID-19 mandates. These are just a few of the many demonstrations that have taken place in recent weeks and around the world as people are starting to realize that their human rights are being stripped away over a virus with a lethality on par with that of seasonal influenza and other pandemic viruses, none of which was responded to with a global shutdown of economies and forced quarantining of healthy individuals. In recent weeks and months, more and more experts have come out sharing what they know about the roles of big tech, big pharma, and global health organizations such as the World Health Organization in the creation of a new technocratic world order. When you start to put all the puzzle pieces together, it seems clear this pandemic is being used as a cover story for both a global wealth redistribution scheme and for the implementation of a technocratic system of totalitarian rule by unelected leaders. Leaders. The vaccine looking increasingly unnecessary is likely a reason for why the U.S. government is planning to launch an overwhelming COVID-19 vaccine campaign this fall using carefully researched messages. As detailed in Health and Autonomy in the 21st Century, Yale University has conducted a trial to determine the type of message that will maximize acceptance and uptake of the COVID-19 vaccine. Basically, we've got advertisers doing their voodoo to try to come up with how to position the message so that it really reaches everybody and pulls their heartstrings. Here's one. Personal freedom message. This will be a message about how COVID-19 is limiting people's personal freedom and how working together to get enough people vaccinated can preserve society's personal freedoms. Economic freedom message. That will be a message about how COVID-19 is limiting people's economic freedom and how by working together to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve its economic freedom. Then, for those who are selfish, there's the self-interest message. That will be a message that COVID-19 presents a real danger to one's health, even if one is young and healthy, with the idea being that getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the best way to prevent oneself from getting sick. Then we've got the community interest message. This message will be about the dangers of COVID-19 to the health of loved ones. The idea to promote is that the more people who get vaccinated, the lower the risk that one's loved ones will get sick. The idea, society must work together and all get vaccinated. Then there's the economic benefit message about how COVID-19 is wreaking havoc on the economy. And the only way to strengthen the economy is to work together to get enough people vaccinated. Oh, here's always a good one. The guilt message. 
This message will be about the danger that COVID-19 presents to the health of one's family and community with the idea that the best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated and that society must work together to get enough people vaccinated. Then it asks the participant to imagine the guilt they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. Shameful thinking people? Whoa, here's one nobody wants to take part in, and that's the embarrassment message. This message will be about the danger that the virus presents to the health of one's family and community. The idea to promote is that the best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated and by working together to make sure enough people get vaccinated. Then it asks the participant to imagine the embarrassment they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and then spread the disease. Oh, what about the anger message? The sales idea here is that the best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated and by working together to make sure enough people get vaccinated. It then asks the participant to imagine the anger they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. What about trust in science message? It promotes the idea that vaccination is backed by science and that anyone who doesn't get vaccinated just doesn't understand how infections are spread or who ignores science. Oh, then there's the wimpy, not brave message. A message which describes how firefighters, doctors, and frontline medical workers are brave and infers that those who choose not to get vaccinated are not brave. The study, which was completed in July, July 8th, actually, 2020, also sought to determine the participants' confidence in the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine after hearing the message in question, the participants' willingness to persuade others to get vaccinated, their fear of those who have not been vaccinated, and the social judgment of those who choose not to vaccinate. Then Harvard Business School, in collaboration with the Sloan School of Management in Massachusetts uh, Institute of Technology, also published a working paper comparing self-interested versus pro-social motivations for COVID-19 prevention behaviors. Considering the messages we've been bombarded with over the past few months, calling people who don't wear masks grandma killers and so on, it seems clear that results from these kinds of investigations have been capitalized on. In that paper titled, Don't Get It or Don't Spread It, the authors review studies in which various types of messages were compared, messages highlighting the threat to self versus the threat you might pose to other. Overall, the pro-social ones, the messages that stress the importance of complying with prevention behaviors in order to protect others, fared the best. Why would that be? Well, first, pro-social framing may have been relatively more effective, not because pro-social motivations do more to drive prevention, but rather because people believe that COVID-19 poses a greater threat to society than to themselves. And there were studies that showed that. And the second possibility is that people feel more empowered to avoid spreading the virus than they do receiving it. So I don't know what the real reasoning is, but it looks like that's the slant that most people respond to. Isn't that fascinating that they're working to create messages to appeal to whatever appeals to you, anger, 
guilt, fear. A powerful essay in the American Institute for Economic Research asks the question, is the lockdown the best way to minimize casualties in this pandemic? Using historical examples, beginning with Voltaire's words, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Actually love that. Those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. The author reasons that lockdowns are not going to save the world because when the lockdowns are eased, infections naturally start to creep back up if there actually is an infection. However, the vast majority of these infections, or cases as they call them, are asymptomatic. A rising case load does not mean people are actually getting sick and dying. And here's the problem. The misuse of the term case is an egregious one, as historically a case is defined as someone who has symptoms of a particular disease, someone who is actually sick. Never in medical history has a case meant someone who is perfectly healthy and requires testing to determine whether they are infected with a particular pathogen. Would you get tested for the common cold or influenza if you had no symptoms? If the test happened to come back positive, would you with a straight face say, oh, I have a cold or the flu? And I mentioned this several weeks ago about MRSA. Do you know how many people are colonized with MRSA? So if we went around sticking swabs up everybody's nose to see if they were colonized or carriers of MRSA, so now do we have MRSA cases? Uh, no. There are other myths, mostly scare tactics, that people are willingly believing that need to be stopped now. It's time to start questioning what is credulous and what is not. Here's another wonderful quote by Cato the Elder. Those who are serious in ridiculous matters will be ridiculous in serious matters. Do you love that one? I love that. Those who are serious in ridiculous matters will be ridiculous in serious matters. There was an article by Mark Petrakis, The Fatal Attraction of Techno-Fascism. One of the first points he makes is that fascism is attractive because, and let's just, let's just define that word, fascism, a political philosophy, a movement, or a regime uh, that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of opposition. So why is this attractive to people? Well, first, it requires so little from us, so little independent thought, just our basic belief and adherence to a limited set of popularly shared directives and narratives that once fully accepted relieve us of the need to address stubborn questions or to fret over subtle differences of opinion and feeling. And isn't that going on right now? Also, propaganda reassures us that we are complete, that we know all there is to know, that we are rational, pragmatic, and pure, and that the science has been settled and that we are part of something special. He goes on to discuss why propaganda and disinformation is required in order to maintain control in a fascist regime and how truth is a liability that must be disallowed and penalized. Uh, 
What do you think the fact checkers are doing on social media? In the end, the price we pay for this kind of intellectual laziness is soul-crushing denial and disconnection. And nobody who's been paying attention this past year can have missed that propaganda is in full swing 24-7 and that both truthful facts and personal opinions that run counter to the established propaganda narrative are being censored and penalized in equal measure. And when it comes to the coronavirus, the propaganda is so pervasive and widespread that it has actually shattered what Petrakis refers to as the grandest illusion of all that must be maintained at all costs, namely the appearance that the propaganda messages are randomly generated. That's interesting. It must always appear that the media's coverage and the comments of experts are entirely free from any preconceived manipulation. Well, today there's little doubt that the narrative we see is anything but free from bias. There is also little doubt that what we're told is weaponized storytelling. We have been gradually shepherded by propaganda and psychological torture techniques. Think about what you've been through these past few months. You don't think we've been through psychological torture? So I'll end this with some observations by British Supreme Court Judge Lord Sumption, who in March of 2020, in an interview with The Post, warned that COVID-19 rules are paving the way for despotism, the exercise of absolute power in a cruel and oppressive manner. The real problem is that when human societies lose their freedom, it's not usually because tyrants have taken it away. It's usually because people willingly surrender their freedom in return for protection against some external threat. And the threat is usually a real threat, but usually exaggerated. And that's what I fear we are seeing now. The pressure on politicians has come from the public. They want action. They don't pause to ask whether the action will work. They don't ask themselves whether the cost will be worth paying. They want action anyway. And anyone who has studied history will recognize here the classic symptoms of collective hysteria. And hysteria is infectious. We are working ourselves up into a lather in which we exaggerate the threat and stop asking ourselves whether the cure may be worse than the disease. It's time to ask ourselves some very pressing questions. Is it reasonable to expect government to eliminate all infection and all death? They've proven they cannot, yet we keep relinquishing more and more freedoms and liberties because they claim doing so will keep everyone safer. It's an enticing lie, but a lie nonetheless. Remember? They sold us on the business shutdowns and home quarantine by saying we just need to flatten the curve of infection and avoid hospital overcrowding. Well, now the curve is in a visible nosedive and hospitals are far from overcrowded. Yet lockdowns remain in many areas and in some have reached astonishing new heights. Sooner or later, everyone must decide which is more important, personal liberty or false security. Circling back to where I started, the good news is that many are in fact starting to see the writing on the wall. They're starting to see we've been had and are starting to choose liberty 
over brutal totalitarianism in the name of public health. Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. I'm going to end today by asking you to think very clearly and to do research and not to vote this year with a knee-jerk reaction. We are at a precipice. We are at the tipping point. We are at the beginning of the end, the middle of the end, the end of the end. And the decision we make on November 3rd can put us over either rapidly or maybe give us a few more years to try to recover from all of this evil. I don't care if you don't like Trump, but to not vote for him because you don't like him is a serious misstep. If you think that you're voting for Biden, think again. The man is a bobblehead, similar to what you see bobbling up and down on a car dashboard, a mere representation, if you would. They've been calling it the Harris-Biden campaign. Oops, is that a Freudian slip? I think not. If you've paid attention to what's been going on in the world for a long time now, some of these evildoers are out there in the open saying exactly and showing you exactly and coming up with names exactly for what it is that they're doing, and yet we're not seeing it. And they're laughing behind our backs saying, I told you, so I gave you the name. I put up that cell tower. Oh my gosh. The Harris-Biden administration. Is that what we want? I mean, who is this woman? Where did she come from? Are you really going to allow her to have the finger on the nuclear button? Looney tunes, people. So to not vote for Trump simply because you don't like him. Well, if that ends out being the outcome, um, you can only thank yourself. I hate to get political, but I do fear for our country. These people are tearing the Constitution to shreds right in front of our eyes. And to allow that to happen by voting for these crazy people, the Harris-Biden campaign, I don't know, it's a nail in the coffin. Please, pay attention. Think twice. Look into the future. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, you're not leaving them anything by a vote in the wrong direction here. Sorry, just had to, I have to get this out. I, 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 I'm, I'm just at, at a loss for, for what to expect come, come, come November 4th. So um, hopefully we have enough strong-minded people who realize that uh, we need to make the right decision. All right, make the right decision. Head over to speakupandstayalive.com. You can listen to the show again. You can listen to archives. You could share it with other friends. You can get a copy of my books because 
Baby, if you land in a hospital these days, you're sure going to need to know what these books have to offer because you're not allowed to have a patient advocate with you. So it's you there all by yourself. So get a copy of the book while you're out of the hospital. Read them. Understand what the dangers are so that um, hopefully you can save yourself. All right, I'm out. I will see you next week. Same time, same place, but uh, never the same information, especially in these times. Till then, I hope you have a very healthy and a happy week. Stay safe, stay sane, and uh, spread the word. I love you guys. See you next week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice and patient safety. The information provided in today's broadcast is for informational purposes only and was not intended for use as diagnosis or treatment of a health problem and should not be considered as medical advice. If you've missed part of today's show or just want to share the information with friends, you can listen to all of Pat's previous shows at speakupandstayalive.com. Want even more information? Purchase a copy of Pat's book at speakupandstayalive.com. Once again, it's speakupandstayalive.com. Or you can call Pat at 440-725-5462. Until next week, remember... It's okay to ask others to wash their hands. You have to speak up and stay alive. Patient safety is your right, so don't go wrong. Join me, Pat Rulo, every Saturday morning at 8.30 on WHKW AM 1220, The Word, and every Sunday afternoon at 2.30 on WHK AM 1420, The Answer. Stay safe from little-known health care and hospital hazards. For more, visit speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. And I'll see you Saturday morning at 8.30. And I'll see you Sunday at 2.30.